this is my 20th year in pastoral ministry. I, I can't believe that, um, but it's true. I also can't believe that I used to do something else before that. Um, also true. Uh, before I was a pastor, I worked uh, in real estate tax consulting. And I've mentioned that before in this church. It's every bit as exciting as it sounds, but um, Really, the bulk of the work that I did was uh, going and visiting properties, buildings, land that was owned by our clients, and telling them what it was worth. Kind of like an appraisal, if you've ever had an appraisal on a house like that, except for bigger pieces of property, like hospitals or hotels or, you know, um, a restaurant chain or something like that. And so when I went to work uh, doing that right out of undergrad, it involved going to wherever the property was. And so we sort of had a a joke in our office that um, your job was you'd show up on Monday and they'd hand you a plane ticket and a map and tell you good luck. You got to go find this property wherever it is and then do what you do, what you're trained to do to figure out uh, how to tell somebody what it's worth. And um, it, it was an interesting experience and, and a challenge because I'd go to towns big and small that I'd never been in before and you'd have a couple of days to try to get a lay of the land to find this, whatever this property was, and then to get a sense in the area and the community what it was worth. And, uh, and of course, we had tools that we were trained with to do that kind of work. But it was challenging. And when you only have a couple of days to sort of get to know an area, um, you got to work hard. And sometimes it just was too much. And so we sort of had a trick. Uh, you could find a local appraiser, somebody who lived in the area, who knew the property and knew the market and um, if you were lucky they would sit down and have a conversation with you uh, if they weren't interested in that you had to compensate them for their work and time and knowledge and all that kind of stuff and uh, so that was that was one trick at our disposal if we had to figure out what a piece of property was worth in a place uh, but but couldn't do it ourselves in the time allotted and I think maybe it, it helped me get ready for itinerant ministry as a Methodist pastor <laughs> Because we move around, you know, we're, we're appointed and sent to the church uh, where we serve for as long as we're sent to serve there, which means I've lived in several different towns. And so I've just sort of had to get accustomed to that. You come into a community and you, and you do work to get to know the place and the people. And, um, and, and, in, and in a sense, the scripture that I'm going to read in just a minute was Jesus doing something like that. He was looking over the city of Jerusalem. Now, not so much to figure out how much the temple was worth. That wasn't what he was doing. But he was more in this moment in his life and in the bigger picture, this was as he was going into Jerusalem for the last week of his life on earth. The scripture tells us that he looked over the city. You almost get a sense that he sort of was assessing, taking stock of what was going on in that moment, in that place. And I want to read it for us and offer it to you as a scripture to reflect on today. And I'm going to read from Luke chapter 19. This is verses 41 through 44. And we'll put it on the screen and you can follow along as I read it aloud. And this is what it says. As Jesus came to the city, Jerusalem, and observed it, he wept over it. He said, If only you knew on this of all days 
the things that lead to peace. But now they're hidden from your eyes. And the time will come when your enemies will build fortifications around you, encircle you, and attack you from all sides. They will crush you completely, you and the people within you. They won't leave one stone on top of another within you because you didn't recognize the time of your gracious visit from God. This is popularly referred to or commonly referred to as the time when Jesus wept over Jerusalem. People weeping over their city, over their community. Nothing new to us right now. We see it in the people of Ukraine who are literally watching their cities be destroyed. And we see the videos of them fleeing, tearful, crying over their city. I mean, just think about the last couple of years that we've spent in this pandemic. It was two years ago, today, more or less, was the last time we worshipped together in the building pre-pandemic. Just think about what we've dealt with and seen in our community over the last couple of years and the tears that have been cried over our losses. Quite literally, loss of life or loss of comfort, loss of any sense of normal, loss of connections. I mean, weeping over your city, weeping over your community should be something experienced by Jesus that is pretty easy for us to connect with and get in touch with right now. This season of Lent, we're focusing the messages on experiences of Jesus that demonstrate for us who he is and also what it means to follow in his way the Jesus way. Last week, we looked at the time when Jesus was tempted in the desert by the enemy and considered what it means in a season of Lent to bring our own temptations, our own demons into the light, to name them. And because of the life, death, and resurrection and example of Jesus to know victory over them and If you were here, we invited you to come forward and get a rock that symbolized those temptations that Jesus faced and then to write something on it that that meant the victory that Christ has given us there. If you weren't able to participate in that last week, we've still got one of those stations set up over here to my right. And it'll be here for the whole season of Lent. So anytime that you're in here, if if you want to, or if you did and you want to do it again, you got another one. Um, Just know that that is available to you this morning and and throughout the season of Lent. Then we turn our attention today to this other experience of Jesus when he came up to Jerusalem and observed it and looking over it, he was moved to tears. And I've said this a few times, more than a few, to people, friends, family, 
people in our congregation, sometimes you just have to cry. It's okay to cry. And Jesus cried as he looked over this city. It's not where he was from. He was from Nazareth. Not where he was born. He was born in Bethlehem. But it was the seat of their faith. It was their capital, both socially and religious capital, Jerusalem. It was the hometown. And it was where people came for Passover, which is what Jesus was doing. He was arriving in the city as they were preparing for the Passover festival and feast that he would share one last time with his disciples. And he looked over the city and he was moved to tears. That wasn't his city, wasn't his hometown, which is something that we're used to. We spend time, we live in, we work in places that aren't our own hometown. I'm curious, who all in here was born in Chambly? Another way to ask it, maybe. Anybody in here that was raised in this church? I saw one hand and a solid maybe. Not your hometown. Not your home church. And yet here we are. For this season, together. In the name of Jesus Christ. By the power of God's Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives and in the world in ways we don't understand, look, here we are. Whether in the room or online, here we are in this community that for this moment is ours. Not unlike Jerusalem was Jesus's. And it says he looked over his community and he was moved to tears. Because Jesus says they didn't understand what was happening or who he was. And he was concerned for their future. Quite literally, the words he said were, your your town is destined for ruin. I say this is Jesus' moment of tears for fears. (laughs) Yes, he was a fan of 80s rock. Kidding. But but this literally does happen right now on the heels of him coming into the city on what we call Palm Sunday. So shout, shout, let it, no, nobody, okay, nothing, no, move on, move on. He knew the temptations that were within people, within the religious people. Everybody wants to rule the world. No, I can stop, just stop, Okay. They have a new album out, by the way. It dropped last month. Who knew? Still at it. Okay. (laughs) But he was moved to tears for his city. Because he says, Oh, Jerusalem, if you only knew, in this moment of all moments, if you only knew the things that lead to peace. 
My God, how many of us have had a conversation about what's going on in Russia and Ukraine and said, if they would only pursue the things that lead to peace and not war. His heart was broken for his community, for his city. We got in a conversation about this passage of scripture in my doctoral studies and our uh, lead mentor, Leonard Sweet, I've mentioned his name around here a fair amount and you'll continue to hear it from me because I learned a lot from him and paid a lot for that degree. And um, we were talking about this particular passage and, and he looked at us, the, the pastors, leaders of churches that were in this class together and he asked a question that I'll never forget and it's my turn to ask it of you. When's the last time your heart broke for your zip code? Stop me in my tracks. I mean, I was there to get an education, you know, to work on this dissertation. I'm thinking about what I do professionally and vocationally and leading the church and living my life and asked a simple but what to me was profound question when's the last time your heart broke for your zip code Jesus' heart was broken for his people for God's people the people that he was in this community with what breaks your heart And if your heart beats with the heart of Christ, if your heart beats with the heart of God, what breaks God's heart for your community? What is breaking God's heart for Shambly? And what would it mean in this season of Lent, of reflection and introspection, season where we consider the the Jesus way and what it means to live and follow the way of Jesus what would it mean for the church's heart to break for this city for this community that we live in he said oh Jerusalem if you only knew the things that lead to peace And sure, in times of war, we think peace means the absence of fighting or conflict. And it can and it does, and that's an aspect to it. But as you dig into the concept of peace in the scriptures, you find it's not just an absence of fighting or conflict. Peace is a sense of, in the Hebrew word in the Old Testament, shalom. Where all is right and well for everyone. No one is going without. No one is left out. No one is forgotten, neglected, oppressed, marginalized, taken advantage of. Nobody has too much. Nobody has too little. Everybody has what they need and lives well with everyone else. This sense of peace is actually a 
a good snapshot of the kingdom of God, of what the kingdom of God in its fullness looks like and can be. It is the very thing that the people of God, that the children of God, that the people who follow the Jesus way are about. It's what makes our hearts beat. It's what moves us forward day to day is to live into the reality of the kingdom of God, of shalom, of peace for all. And Jesus looked over his city and said, if you only knew, if you only had, if you only were aware of the things of peace. So when you look over our city, What do you see? Do you look over our city? Or do you spend, like me, maybe more time than you ought to looking down at the device than up at the people around you? I heard somebody say one time that, you know, our devices now make us feel close to people who are far away, but can make us feel far away from the people who are close. We got people right here. We've got a community right here that God has put us in and given to us and called us to bring peace. So if we look over our city, which is why the map is over here, you've been wondering, right, the whole time, which is why the map is over here. If we look over our city, Jesus like spoke a word of prayer over them for peace. What would, what would be your prayer over our city, over our community? Now, we're, we're disparate. I, I ask people to raise your hands if you were born in Chambly or raised here and we got, you know, one hand and a maybe. And so you, maybe you're not from here. I, you may not even live in the city of Chambly, but this is your church home. This is where we come together with one another, in ministry together. And so maybe you live somewhere else in the metro. Maybe on this or not. You're going to get a chance to come have a look in just a second. I'm going to ask you to. Maybe you don't even live on this map, and that's okay. You don't have to live on this map to care about this community, to care about this city. For God to break your heart for shambling. What would be your prayer? If, if you had to hone it down even a little bit more this morning, I don't know if this would make it easier or harder, what would be your one-word prayer for Shambly? For this community? I'm not talking about for this congregation. I'm not talking about for us. I'm not talking about for me as we look around here at each other. I'm talking about if we turn and face out. If we overlook our city as Jesus did with Jerusalem. And he was moved to tears, and not because of what was about to happen to him, although we know that he knew it, he had told his disciples about it. He was heading for his arrest, his persecution, his trial, and his death. But his tears weren't for himself. Church, what if our tears weren't for us? What if we stopped worrying about us so much and start worrying about the world and start worrying about the community that God has given to us, that it called us to? What if we turn our eyes and our hearts and our minds to our city 
Instead of thinking, oh no, what's going to happen to the church? Oh no, the church has suffered through COVID. Oh no, the United Methodist Church is having trouble. What if we started to say, hey, we got a city out here. we got a community out here that needs to know the love of God, that needs to know the shalom peace of Jesus. If we worry more about bringing life than potential death, who knows what might happen? In the story of Jesus, it was resurrection. It was new life for him and for all of us for eternity. What would be your one-word prayer for this city? And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to share your one-word prayer, and for all of us to share our one-word prayers over our city together. And we're going to have the folks at 11 o'clock do it too when they come in here for worship. So in a minute, we're going to sing. And I'm going to ask you to come up. On the altar rail here, there are a little post-it note strips and pens I'm asking you to pray a one word prayer over this city and write it on that post-it note and stick it somewhere if you want to put it right over Shambly you can if, it, if you're more of a Doraville person you like Beaufort Highway and the food put it there <laughs> if you're more about Dunwoody and, then put it up there but what we're going to end up with by the time we're done worshiping this morning, and, and this will be available all throughout Lent, so if you're not here this morning and you want to come and add your one-word prayer to it, you'll be able to throughout the season of Lent. What we're going to end up with is this church's prayers over our city. So I want to ask you if we can start that right now. I want to ask you to pray with me. Just right where you are, would you? Let our community come to mind for you maybe there's something that symbolizes our community in your mind that's downtown Chambly or the airport or city hall or the farmer's market or the park as you observe and look over the city in your mind what do you see and what do you pray? Do you know about the needs of our community? Do you want to know? Do you want to be a part of the work of this church to know those needs and address them? God, we are thankful for who you created us to be, who you've called us to be, the life that you've blessed us with, and this vision for peace, for shalom, for wholeness, for us, for our city, for our world. Oh God, as we look at this map, as we look over our community, would you give us a prayer? Give us a heart that beats with yours for Shamley. As we share them together, oh God, as we populate this map with our prayers, may it be a call to action for us all, for this church, to the work of your kingdom for our community. In Jesus' name we pray.
Amen. So we've got the baskets up here. If you've got an offering that you've brought that you want to give, you can bring and put them in the baskets, or you can give online um, by the, using the website, or you can text your gift. This is a time to give your offering. It's a way to participate in the work of God's kingdom in the world. And it's also a time to bring your prayer. So as we get ready and we sing this song, I want to invite you, if you would, to come up, write your one-word prayer, and stick it on this map. Would you come?